Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM kink and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and this week I want to talk about when kink becomes unhealthy. Before we get started, I want to send a very special thank you to Marie, our newest Patreon member, and a very special unnamed Patreon follower who didn't want to have any sort of recognition, but was happy to support the show. And I really appreciate that. We could not continue to do this without your Patreon support. Thank you very much. If you would like to become a Patreon, head over to our website at wickedfellow.com. The podcast is hosted there, our adult sites are there, our social media is there, and there's also links if you want to contact me directly. Again, that's wickedfellow.com. As you can hear in my voice, I'm getting over being sick, that's why I didn't have an episode last week. Both Kach and I ended up getting a little bit sick, and I'm not quite sure I'm out of the woods yet, Kach is getting better, but I didn't want to go yet another week without an episode. So do bear with me as I kind of rasp my way through this episode. So... As I said, we are a very sex-positive, kink-positive, LGBTQ-plus-positive show. And there's nothing from our side that looks at kink in a bad way. However, that doesn't mean that kink can't become problematic on an individual level. And I'm not talking about interpersonal problems in kink. I'm not talking about a relationship issue. We talk about that quite a bit, about how to have healthy, safe, sane, consensual kink relationships. This show really isn't about that. This is more addressing when is kink unhealthy? When is it a bad thing? Can it become something that is problematic for you outside of a relationship? Just the fact that it exists is a problem. And I do want to talk about that. And I think it can be. I think kink can become problematic. But hopefully by the end of the episode, we'll have a clear understanding of that and I can help make this something that is supportive if you are having these kinds of issues. So before we get into that, I want to give a little bit of history, fill you guys in in case you didn't know the whole history of the way that the medical community viewed kink. In fact, how they viewed any sort of paraphilia. And a paraphilia is anything outside the mainstream in regards to sex, essentially. So back in the day, if it wasn't man and woman, one-on-one, having very, what we would think of as vanilla sex, that was okay. Anything outside of that was a paraphilia, whether that's being kinky, you know, tied up, using force, rough play, anything like that. Certain fetishes, dressing in leather or dressing in latex, cross-dressing, all these things were paraphilias, including same-sex attraction. So there was a time when the mental health community looked on same-sex attraction as a mental illness. There was something wrong with you. You should be fixed. And then, through the work of a lot of very brave activists, they understood that, no, just being attracted to another person of the same sex does not in any way make you mentally ill. And we need to recognize that, and we need to destigmatize that. And it's great that that happened. However... The rest of the paraphilias remained something that was diagnosable as a mental disorder. And again, that's as simple as you like to play rough. You know, not super rough, just a little rough. 
that could be considered a mental illness. You're into leather, you're into latex, you are a fetishist, you have other things that turn you on. You like feet or you like whatever, you know, adult baby diaper play. Any of these things would be considered a deviation, something that is wrong with you, something that should be fixed. And it wasn't until 2010 that via the work of people like Ray Spannon, who we had on the show recently, his then partner, Guy Baldwin, they were really instrumental in going before the mental health community and saying, look, just being kinky is not a mental illness. You know, let's study this. Let's work with this. Let's change this because it is harming people. In addition to the general stigma of being able to look into a medical reference and saying, see, it says right here that you're crazy. That's a very heavy burden for someone to bear. It also affected people in a legal sense. So if you're in a marriage and it's falling apart, the fact that you're kinky could be used against you in a family court and was used against people all the time. Whether it was real or imagined, it was one of those tools that could be used against you because here in this official medical manual, it says that this kind of behavior is bad, harmful, consists of a mental illness, etc. So because of the work of Ray Bannon, Guy Baldwin, and other people who were instrumental in changing that in 2013, when the new DSM came out, it recognized that these paraphilias are not in and of themselves harmful. And that was a big step. It was recognizing that just because you like to play rough in the bedroom, just because you like handcuffs, just because you like rope, that doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means that you have a different pathway towards sexual bliss, and there's nothing wrong with that. What I want to talk about is the same way that going out and having a couple drinks is fine, but depending on alcohol to get through each day, the result of that ruining your life is bad. And so there's a spectrum on all this. And really, any behavior, eating, spending, gambling, alcohol, all these things, you know, excessive risk-seeking, all these things can become harmful when they cross the line into kind of the addiction side. Addiction meaning this is something that you do, but you do not want to do. You feel like you have to do it. It's a compulsion. You wish you could stop, but you don't find the ability within yourself to stop. Some people seek help for that via, you know, outside 12-step programs, for example, if they have difficulty with alcohol, etc. Sex addiction is something that's frequently in the news and I would say largely overdiagnosed by the lay public. You know, anybody that seems to like to have sex is somehow a sex addict, a maniac, a nymphomaniac, that kind of thing. And it's that's ignoring a basic biological drive. We wouldn't be here if humans really didn't like to have sex. So again, going from what's recreational and fun and fulfilling for you to something that's a clinical problem, there's a long distance between those two ends of the spectrum. And I want to address this in two different ways, because I think it's very important to understand where those negative associations are coming from. Let me explain. If you're a kinky person and you're unhappy about that, for whatever reason your kink is causing you distress, I would encourage you to ask yourself why, right? Because just because the medical community has 
made a step forward in saying that these paraphilias are not dangerous, they're not bad in and of themselves, society hasn't come along with them. A lot of society sees all the things that we do as inherently bad, inherently mentally ill, that kind of thing. They think we're crazy because we like these kinks. And there's not a lot we can do to change their mind. Having the scientists on board, having the medical community on board, that helps a lot. But it's going to take a lot of time, considering that just 12 years ago, it was still in the DSM that these things were bad. So we're in the very early stages of normalizing, creating acceptance for alternative sexual behaviors. Anything outside of, you know, one man, one woman doing vanilla stuff and not too much vanilla stuff because that would be crazy, right? I'm being sarcastic, of course. So getting back to what I was saying, in a general sense, the answer is simple. If your kink is making you unhappy, then it's something that's unhealthy for you. However, understanding why it's making you unhappy, I think is crucial. Because if the unhappiness is coming from the disdain of others, if the unhappiness is coming from people outside that don't understand what you do and why you do it, castigating you and exiling you and making you feel bad, that's not your problem. That's entirely on them. And I think that in the kink community especially, that's one of the primary drivers of unhappiness and people feeling like, why am I kinky? I wish I wasn't kinky. I wish I didn't feel this way. I wish I was quote unquote normal. And some of you will remember when we had Katya on, there was a point in her life where because of some bad relationships that she'd had, she was really overcome by this feeling of, I wish I wasn't kinky. I wish I was just normal. Life would be so much easier. I wouldn't have to deal with this dark secret that I can't tell anybody about. Otherwise they will, without risk of being shunned and pushed away from polite society, etc. And her mom said something to her that was very real and very true. And that was, if you didn't have this kink, if you didn't have this nature about you, you wouldn't be the person you are. And that's a lot of it. That self-acceptance, that understanding that you didn't choose to be this way. None of us chose the kinky lifestyle. None of us choose the fetishes and kinks that turn us on. It just does. Sometimes we discover them at different points in our life. Sometimes you continue to discover new kinks as you go through this journey. However, again, it's not like you've done something wrong by being kinky. You just happen to be wired differently. And what turns you on turns you on. And 99% of the time, there is nothing wrong with that. So if what's making you unhappy about your kink is the disapprobation of the people around you, that's not really something that's wrong with you. Again, that's them being judgmental, them not being open to understanding that it may not work for them, but it works for you and it's not hurting them. So what's the big deal, right? We talk a lot about accepting people as who they are. You know, you may not understand somebody's kink. There are kinks that I don't really understand. They don't do anything for me. And I have a hard time understanding why they turn people on. But I certainly accept that they turn people on and it doesn't harm me and it's not harming them. So go for it. Have fun. Play. Enjoy life. Don't let anybody look down on you because they don't understand your kink. So that's a big part of it. You know, if you are a kinky person and you're feeling like, wow, you know, this is really bringing me down and I wish I wasn't this way. 
if it's because of the judgment of the people around you, if it's because of the people saying that you're sick or you're gross or there's something wrong with you, definitely consider that as their problem. Don't let their judgment of you press you down. And I know it's very easy for me to say, you know, just feel better. I get it. I understand that. But for example, I wouldn't recommend seeking help if the only problem with your kink is that some of your family doesn't understand it, right? That's no reason for you to change and go to therapy and try to take something away from you that you enjoy simply because Uncle Frank doesn't like that you sometimes like to wear a dress or that you're into being handcuffed, right? That's none of Uncle Frank's business. So don't let that push you down to the point where you'd want to seek therapy for it. But like any normal behavior, and I'm considering kink normal behavior because there's nothing wrong with it, when it's taken to extremes, it can become problematic. And I think that there is a difference in kind of an addictive personality disorder. And I think that that can play into kink. I think that sometimes kink can become something that takes on a life of its own and it does feel like it's out of control perhaps. It feels like more of a compulsion, an obsession, something that is making you unhappy because while you might have enjoyed it a little bit, you're at the point now where it seems like you can't enjoy life unless you have this thing constantly. And I'm trying to be careful with my language because I think that there is a lot of gray area. You know, what does it mean if you go out to a kink bar every night of the week? If you enjoy it and it's not hurting you and it's not making your life miserable, it doesn't mean anything. There's nothing wrong with that. If you guys like to play every single day, twice a day, and that makes you happy, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think I'm talking again about, you know, correlating with something like alcohol addiction. Having a couple drinks is fine. Draining a bottle of Jameson every day, that's a problem, right? And there's a certain level where you kind of teeter-totter into compulsion, I think. So yeah, kink is kind of problematic because I think a lot of the negative feelings that someone would have about kink, again, come from the outside. Whether it's being brought up in a religious household, and now you've discovered this kinky side of yourself, and you're kind of at war internally. You're feeling like, wow, I really like this thing. This is really fun and exciting and fulfilling to me. But I have all this baggage telling me that sex in general is bad, let alone this freaky sex that I want to have. I must be a horrible person. I must be a bad person. I must be a sinner. There must be something wrong with me that this kind of thing turns me on. And I don't think so. I don't think that that's true. I have a lot of problems with kind of an enforced morality and religion and other things that have been used for centuries and thousands of years to control people, to make people follow a certain path that someone at some time decided was a good idea. You've got to choose for yourself. You have to decide for yourself. Is this behavior bad? Is it sinful? Is it something that is harming me or somebody else? If not, then you truly have to ask yourself, what's the problem? Why is this a bad thing? You know, I ate pork chops recently and I did not burst into flames. There's a lot of religions where that's forbidden. I have no problem if your religion forbids pork chops and you choose not to eat pork because of that. Great. No problem. That's cool. I'm not judging you in any way. You hold your beliefs as sacredly as I hold my beliefs. My belief is that pork chops are really good and I'll enjoy eating them and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
assuming that we do a lot better job at raising domestic animals for consumption, which we do a really bad job. I do understand that's a bit problematic. My point remains, however, that if you have a personal belief in a religion and you live your life according to that code because you choose to, I have no problem with that. It becomes a problem for me when someone takes their moral code and tries to force it on somebody else. And that's what's going on here. So one person believes that it's a sin for anybody to dress in the clothing of another gender, for a man to dress as a woman or a woman to dress as a man. They think that's abhorrent and sinful and they will attack anybody that does that. That's wrong because while it may be wrong for them and they may choose to only wear the clothing that suits their gender, they have no right or reason to tell somebody else that they can't dress however they want to. And as we're seeing, there is such vehement anger and antagonism towards the trans community, towards the transvestite community, towards the homosexual community, towards the gay community, the queer community. There's such anger and resentment from the mainstream, the accepted norm. They're so angry. You know, we have recently had a domestic terrorist attack in the United States that is very likely tied to people being extremists against the LGBTQ community. And that is profoundly distressing to me. That is coming to this, that we're seeing more of this. In fact, we recently had two major attacks on the LGBTQ plus community and people are being demonized and called the worst possible things imaginable because our community, which I feel like I am part of, doesn't live the way they think we should live in a way that's not harming them. So they've come up with these libelous slanders against our community that, you know, we're all about grooming kids and we're into pedophilia and we're into these terrible things that we're not. That is not what we're about. And for them to just paint us with that brush and say, since you are all pedophiles, we have every right to attack you and kill you is a bit psychotic to me. You know, look at the two communities and see who's doing harm. And it's not us. So I would understand, coming back to my point, why if you have a kink, especially a very visible kink, you know, a lot of the stuff is in the bedroom. And when I go to the store, nobody really knows that I'm kinky. But if I was out as a trans person or I was out as a transvestite, someone that stands out more from the norm, the notion of feeling bad because the people around you are judging you and judging you very harshly and unfairly could certainly lead to a feeling of, why am I like this? I don't want to be this way. I wish I was just normal, quote unquote. And that's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate that that would be the source. And I think it's a primary driving force for people who are unhappy about the way they feel inside. They're kinky and they feel bad about it. They're trans and they feel bad about it. They're gay and they feel bad about it. That's all coming from the outside. And that outside is uninformed and needlessly antagonistic to something that they may not understand. And therefore they're afraid of it and therefore they attack it. And sure, is that the cause of genuine emotional distress? Yes. That really sucks to be the target of someone's unwarranted anger and hatred and fear. You know, that's the world we're trying to navigate right now. Things are better than they were, but we have a long way to go. And again, the vehement attacks on the trans community and the LGBTQ plus community that we're seeing 
right now in real time, obviously that kind of makes my point. You know, you have people outside looking in at something they don't understand and attacking it. That's going to make the people on the inside feel pretty awful. And I want to encourage you to understand that don't feel bad about who you are because of somebody else's ignorant understanding of you. If they don't like you, that's not because you are wrong. Simple as that. So moving outside of that, you are comfortable being kinky and you are feeling like it's out of your control. You're feeling like it's becoming a compulsion. Perhaps the only way you can get off is to have these certain kink elements. You know, that may be a sign that it's becoming a problem for you. Maybe not. You know, some people have told me, you know, I can only orgasm if I'm on my back. And when I have a partner like that, I will often encourage them to try, you know, let's try other positions. Let's, is it something that is impossible for you? Or is it just more comfortable for you to have an orgasm like this? You know, maybe try to broaden that horizon a bit. And I would feel the same way towards this. You know, if the only way that you can get off is if you're completely encased in leather and strapped to a table, maybe work on that. You know, maybe try to experiment outside of that because that's kind of confining, not to make a pun, but that's confining you to a very narrow experience. So if that is something where it feels like it's causing you unhappiness, you know, I can only have an orgasm if I'm encased in rubber and tied up, then perhaps there is something more going on there. Perhaps not. Maybe you're fine with that. Maybe that doesn't make you unhappy at all. But I'm trying to illustrate a point with a very nebulous set of facts, right? There's a lot of things that can go into when something that is normally healthy and fulfilling becomes problematic. So if you have crossed off the, I feel bad about my kinks because my uncle Frank, who is a conservative, doesn't like trans people. If we've crossed that off and you realize that that's not a reason to change, what would be a reason to change? You know, again, is it causing you distress? Is it something in your life that's becoming problematic for your day-to-day -day life? Is it something that is somehow harming somebody else? You know, that is something to consider. A lot of what we do in kink can sometimes get very rough. And as long as both sides of that power exchange are into it, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of pain or a little bit of discomfiture in sex or in any other kind of play. If you like being flogged and that turns you on, then there's nothing wrong with that. I would be concerned, especially from the top side, from the power side, the dom side, if harming somebody else was the only way that you could get off and the person that you're working with doesn't necessarily want to be harmed that much. You know, that could be problematic. That could be something where you might need to dial it back, think about what's going on with yourself and understand that, you know, maybe I am going too far. Maybe this is too much. Maybe there is something that's not quite right if the only way that I can enjoy myself is inflicting pain or is receiving pain. Again, maybe not. I'm not a health professional. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm dealing with this in the real world examples of people that I've known, experiences that I've had. And I've known a lot of people in kink that run all the way across this gamut. You know, people who are mildly kinky and feel bad about it because their family disapproves, all the way to people who have sought clinical help because their kink got too extreme and that was making them uncomfortable and making them unhappy and making them unhealthy. And across that spectrum, we all fall. 
we all fall somewhere on there where I think dead center is I'm comfortable with my kinks. It's not causing me any problems and everything is great. And then there's that broad spectrum of I feel bad, but it's somebody else's fault or I feel bad. And there is actually something wrong with me that might be helped by therapy. You know, there's nothing wrong with seeking help if something in your life is making you unhappy. So you'll see how this ties into my kind of push for to destigmatize seeking help for anything in your life. And just because you're not at the far end of the spectrum where your kink is somehow destroying your life, you can be anywhere on the spectrum. And if it's something that's making you unhappy and you're having trouble dealing with that by yourself, there's nothing wrong with seeking help. You know, a lot of people see any sort of therapy as inherently bad, that in order to go to a therapist, there must be something wrong with you and nobody wants something to be wrong with them. So they are hesitant to go to a therapist. You know, this is this very self-defeating attitude. I don't want to talk about the stuff that goes on in therapy to divulge any confidences, but in the experiences that I've had with people that are seeing therapists for whatever reason, it's almost universally good and helpful for them whether it's a small problem or a major problem. If what's driving you towards a therapist is a kinky related thing, it's something to do with a poly relationship, it's something to do with being kinky, it's something to do with any sort of paraphilia, if it's homosexuality, if it's being trans, whatever it is, the only caveat I would say is try to seek out somebody that is comfortable and knowledgeable about the kink community, about the trans community or whatever part of the community you fit into because while we have kind of moved the boulder and the general mental health community understands that these paraphilias are not inherently bad not all therapists understand or are on board with that you know some people will be fine with it but they don't have a lot of experience dealing with your particular situation you know for example if you're seeing a therapist about a problem you're having in a poly relationship and that therapist doesn't have any experience with poly or understand how poly is supposed to work, it's going to be more difficult for them to help you navigate your way through a poly situation. You know, fortunately, there are therapists that are versed and familiar with the kink lifestyle, the gay lifestyle, the trans lifestyle, the poly lifestyle. They are out there and you may have to seek them out. And I'm not disparaging anybody in the mental health community. No one can be an expert on all things. There are people that specifically do substance abuse counseling, right? So you wouldn't go to them necessarily for a child behavioral problem, which may be somebody else's specialty. So I don't think there's any therapists in the world that are universally competent in helping you. You may have to find somebody that fits your need. But if kink is causing you unhappiness, if it's something that you want help with, go seek out that help. Don't be ashamed of seeking out that help and be very forthcoming and honest with your therapist about what's going on. And it may be that you know that you're fine. You know that there's nothing wrong with you. You know that there's nothing unhealthy about your kink, but you are having a hard time dealing with the societal pressure working against you, making you feel bad about yourself because they don't understand you. And just me telling you it's okay is probably not gonna be enough. You may need to talk to a therapist who might be able to give you the tools to help you work your way through that. Or if your kink truly is problematic and it's something that is harming you or it's harming somebody else or it's truly ruining your life somehow, again, there's nothing wrong with seeking help for that. 
So just want to kind of, I want to continue this conversation. I want to have more insight and discuss this further, perhaps look at some specific examples if we can. But in general, I just wanted to put it out there that we've come a long way. We have destigmatized kink to a certain degree, both in the mental health community and to some degree in the larger community that we live in. We're not there yet. A lot of people still look down on you if you have any sort of paraphilia. And that's anything from handcuffs all the way to the most extreme kinks you can imagine. They categorize it all as you're crazy. I'm here to tell you that you're not crazy. Yeah, the DSM backs me up and says you're not crazy. Unless what you're doing is causing you harm or causing somebody else harm, harm here meaning non-consensual harm, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with your particular kink, nothing to be ashamed of of your particular kink, no matter what the people around you think about it. Work with yourself, work with a therapist if necessary, but I do encourage you to step back, be very objective about what it is about your kink or your fetish or your paraphilia that is making you feel bad. So for me, the only negative side, the only time that kink becomes unhealthy is if it's making you feel bad or hurting you or hurting somebody else. If that's the case, that's not an insurmountable problem. People overcome alcohol addiction and eating addictions and spending addictions and gambling addictions. And I feel like kink, when it becomes harmful, falls into that addictive category. It tends to be something where you can't control it entirely yourself. You don't have the, the tools necessary to do it in a safe, healthy manner. That's when kink tends to become unhealthy. So I hope that's clear. I still have quite a bit of cold medicine going on inside me. I'm starting to lose my voice. I will get back to this again probably soon. If you're interested in reading some more about this, there's an article in The Atlantic um, from 2015, I believe, by Marissa Nathan Gearson. And it traces the history of how the DSM looked at kinky behavior, paraphilias, the work that was done to change that. And I think it's really informative for you, if you're into the kink scene, to understand where we came from and the people who helped get us to where we are now, where things aren't perfect, but they are better than they were. And we do have the mental health community on our side, which is a big help, especially in things like family law and trying to destigmatize kink and paraphilia in general. So I'll be sure to include a link to that article in the show notes for this episode. Until then... Thank you for listening. Reach out with any questions or comments you may have. I always enjoy that. I know sometimes I'm slow getting back to you, but I do try to answer everything I get. As always, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week. <laughs>